Welcome back to Bleacher Brawls, the home of the greatest rivalry in professional sports between the Boston Red Sox and the New York Yankees. You have your new Sunday night, Monday morning crew coming at you to Red Sox guys, myself, Pat and Luke. And to Yankees guys, Barnes and John, this is the rivalry show on Sunday nights, Monday mornings. We played about 10 days of the new MLB season, and we got lots to talk about between both teams, so we're going to jump right into it. We're going to start, as we always do, with first pitch. I'm going to check in with these guys, see how they're doing, see what they're up to, and uh, just give them the floor. So, uh, John, I'll start with you. Um, How's it going? What's up? Uh, doing good. Nice Yankees win again today. I'm getting used to saying that, which is always pretty good. Today, we're recording this on Easter, so uh, it was a day filled with obligations. So it's really, I though I did check in on the game as much as I could, was following it the best I can. And, um, you know, and then obviously made sure I caught the highlights afterwards or anything I missed. But all in all, uh, yeah, I guess it was a good day. Happy Easter, everybody, if you celebrate that. Same to you, Luke. What's up? Uh, well, my, I had about three heart attacks simultaneously about three thirty this afternoon, Central Standard Time. Uh, so that wasn't great. And I got a five fifteen a.m. wake up call this morning from my seven year old who was just so excited to see what the Easter Bunny brought her. And so she decided to wake up her five year old sister, and then they just they just ambushed mommy and daddy's bedroom at 5 15 this morning uh been up the whole time since um i see like five of everything that i'm looking at right now so i've got quintuple vision um barely staying awake right now and i'm scared to death for whatever is going on with adam duval so i've been better but i guess i've been worse He's seeing five times quintuple vision. I mean, it also means he's going to talk five times as much. Make oh, yourself great. a sandwich. Just what we need. <laughs> uh, not, I don't have not much when I'm oh, this tired. <laughs> oh, yeah, I'm sure. Uh, I don't have much going on myself. I, I'm just going to plug my uh, my review. Going up tomorrow, I saw the movie Air over the weekend about the uh, creation of Air Jordans. And uh, my review of that flick will be up on bleacherbrawls.com tomorrow. So just wanted to plug that tomorrow being Monday, the day you're listening to this. Uh, Barnes, last but not least, I heard we sent you down to double A over the weekend. How'd that go? Uh, over the weekend, it was great. I saw the Somerset Patriots opening home opener. That was fantastic. Um, but in more recent news, um, I received a message from our very own Joey Shigori and he is charging Luke of an indictment right now. So here it is. Let me read off the message. Let me read off the scroll. Liability Luke Tobin just cost the Red Sox the season by overpromising on behalf of Adam Duvall. Totally jinxed him and doomed out season. Very sad. So, Joey, there you go. There's your shout out. Uh, he wanted to make sure that he got that out on air. So, um, on behalf of Joey, Luke, what do you got to say to that? Well, I guess we can blame Patrick for Bobby Dahlbeck sucking for you know, ever since he got promoted to the major leagues because he's been singing his praises forever. So just because you believe in somebody that joins the team doesn't mean you're jinxing them for some horrible thing to happen. Well, I guess I could just crap on everybody that comes up and just hope for the best, but I stand by it. It could just be a sprain. Let's, uh, you know, I think we've hinted at 
enough. We were going to start with some Yankees tonight, but I think the Red Sox have some more pressing news. So we'll start with the Sox. So uh, quite the up and down week, I think, right? Getting swept by the Pirates and then sweeping the Tigers and some interesting uh, in terms of like good starting pitching performances, some terrible starting pitching performances, some offensive explosions, some terrible offensive gets. It had a little bit of everything, but it kind of ended on a sour note with Luke's beloved Adam Duvall just damn near jumping on the wrist that he hurt last year that ended his season. So, uh, Luke, I'll give it to you. Uh, I mean, he's been the center. Him and Devers have been the centerpiece of the offense, which I kind of predicted was going to happen before the season started, the one-two punch. And it really started better than I ever could have imagined. And he was hitting like 470 or something like that, 445, I think something like that and then he jumps on his wrist today uh, as they're completing a sweep like if only like you know the, he came in, you know tapia came in as a defensive replacement or something or today was the blowout instead of yesterday and then he wouldn't be diving for a ball in the ninth inning you just play the what if scenarios over and over again we don't know that it, the wrist is broken, but it looked it looked bad. I've seen things like that happen where you think for sure it's a serious injury and it's just a sprain. That's what I'm hoping to God for now. But there, I mean, the one bright side is like, say it is a sprain. He's out for two, three weeks. The chances were Duval was going to stop raking and go into a slump soon enough anyway. So, I mean, maybe he just get since he would have been slumping this whole next couple weeks anyway because the one thing about Duval when he gets hot he gets hot but when he slumps he slumps for weeks so maybe just instead of sucking at the plate for a few weeks he's just out for a few weeks with a wrist sprain and then he comes back and he just catches fire again so that's really the best case scenario here that's what I'm hoping for but my heart is in my throat right now I don't know what to say because he was the replacement for Story's right-handed production, and now they got nothing. They got they got no sluggers. They got no right-handed sluggers. They got a couple righties that can hit pretty well, but they got no power threat from the right side anymore, really. And it's just they're way too left-handed now with Tapia being the center fielder. And Bobby freaking Dahlbeck is joining the team again. So just everything, I just feel like, uh, like, hellfire and brimstone is raining down upon us right now and that's right after we completed a sweep on the road listen uh i'll be the first to say i'm happy to see bobby um he's terrible he's uh one of the most thrown away potential baseball players i've ever seen but i like the guy I like seeing him around um let's talk a little yankees um Adam Duvall's little brother, Aaron Judge, has basically single-handedly kept this team alive over the past couple of days, over the past, I don't know, three years. Um, and we're seeing that again this weekend in Baltimore. They win two out of three games. Today, for example, uh, win by two, three ribbies by Judge. He's the difference maker. So I want to hear from some of these Yankees guys, uh, what would this team be without Aaron Judge? Wait, wait, hang on. Time out. I'm confused. <laughs> I thought I thought the agenda was supposed to be the Yankees get swept by the Orioles. And then it was something like the Yankees <laughs> dropped two or three to the Orioles. Am I yeah. I'm is is there a Mandela effect going on here? Like Barnes. No, you're right. I did say those things. I mean that's how it would be if it wasn't for one player. Talk one about player. jinxes. <laughs> yeah, really. <laughs> no. 
Stop right there. Yeah. Stop right there. Stop You're, right there. Thank stop you. right there. Oh, listen, freaking this host, this Red Sox biased host is going, oh, well, you know, if it wasn't for this one player, they wouldn't have, you know, won this series. Now, freeze for a second. Um, you said this one player helped win them the game today. And that's true. That's true. I'll, I'll give you that. Uh, and, you know, when a, when a player contributes so highly to a team's victory and overselling it as winning the series, Luke, I, I would say that's the qualities of a AL MVP. Would you agree? Just a yes or no answer, Luke. Potentially. Yes. So, sure. so yes. yes. So, so hypothetically, if there was a the best player on your team, maybe the league, and he steps up in the bottom of the 10th, extra innings, bases loaded. You expect that guy to, and you're down by one run. All you need is a hit to tie the game. A hard hit ball to the outfield probably wins it. Shohei Otani comes up in the bottom of the 10th, bases loaded, and grounds out to first. Not what an are MVP. We talking about? So I'm just, I'm just, Pat just basically sold about the, the Orioles fact. series. No, 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 no. Time out. <laughs> this is me. I'm grandstanding. I'm hot dogging right now. I'm coming off the top rope. I'm coming at okay. you, Luke. All right, go for it. Judge is the AL MVP. And because the original question to this was, what would this team be without Aaron Judge? Aaron Judge won them one game this series. He didn't do anything in game one or two. So, Patrick, this team, this, this Yankee team without Aaron Judge still probably would have won the series. That's what would have happened. Doesn't sound like an MVP. He disappeared for two-thirds of the series. Yeah, and it I, I don't know, man. You talk to the host <laughs> about it. Look, the past two years, you can say Aaron Judge has been this Yankees team. That's fine. I posted an excellent article on bleacherbrawls.com about why this Yankees team has changed my mind this quick off the beginning of the season. And John Carlos Stanton and Glaber Torres are two of the reasons why the Yankees are in the situation they're in. Without, yes, Aaron Judge makes the Yankees better. He's the AL MVP. There's no question he's going to make this team better. He's going to help them throughout the season more than any other player helps any other team throughout the season. That's going to happen. But it doesn't mean like the Yankees aren't going to, are going to go 0 and 162 because Aaron Judge isn't playing. But right now, if the Yankees didn't have Aaron Judge, they'd be still better than the Red Sox. Like, let's be fair about this. They would be better than the Red Sox. Stanton's got three home runs already, locked in, crushing balls, and Glaber's carrying the car off the ball, batting like well over 300. I think it's like 357. Granted, week into the season, so those numbers can get inflated pretty quickly. But the point being, you got two other guys that are hitting really, really well. And um, yeah, I mean, and then you taking away from the pitching as well to say that it's just Aaron Judge because the Yankees pitching has been spot on. I know we'll get to that. Well, mostly been pretty good, but I know we'll get to that later. The Yankees are one game up on the Red Sox in the standings right now. So even without Judge, they'd still be better than the Red Sox because the difference between the two teams is one game right now. Yes, they would still be better than the Red Sox. We have better <laughs> pitching. Adam Duvall is not going to be playing for any much longer, or, or again, anytime soon, I should say. Yeah, the Red Sox are in a good team right now. They've been playing above their heads and against bad teams, one of which they got swept against. So they didn't play above their heads against them. <laughs> they got swept I still off. thought they did. I thought they should have lost by more. <laughs> All right. Uh, yeah. didn't, didn't the Red Sox just uh, beat up on the uh, the last place Tigers? They did. Oh, oh, yes. yeah. And, and we beat up and we took a series from the Orioles. We took a series from the Orioles too. Great. Yeah. And uh, also, you guys got swept by the Pirates. 
Uh, let's move on. It's an up and coming team. Yeah, up and coming up your butt. I'm gonna pirates are <laughs> pirates are five and three. I'm gonna remember this one when uh they're five and three because they swept us, but whatever. <laughs> they're five and three. You are what your record says you are. Yeah, better than the better than the freaking Red Sox. <laughs> All right. Um we're flying, y'all. I, one thing we wanted to do was uh, we sent this question out on on uh, Twitter. Barnes, I believe you were the one that sent this one out on Twitter, and uh, it was something that John has hinted at already, which is which starting rotation would you rather have? So between the two teams, okay, and this is where it stands right now. Um, I know uh, the Yankees have some guys on the sidelines right now. I know um, the Red Sox have an interesting decision to make when it comes to the roster come Tuesday. We got somebody coming back. But as of right now, this is the question we sent out. The two rotations are for the Red Sox, Kluber, Sale, Hauk, Crawford, or Pavetta. And for the Yankees, it's Cole, Cortez, Schmidt, Herman, and Brito. So Barnes, I'll start with you. I know what your answer is going to be. I have a feeling I know what everybody's answer is going to be, but that's the fun of it, right? Go ahead. I mean, listen, it's hands down. It's the Yankee side. Hands down. <laughs> hands down. Stop. No, now stop here. You can laugh all you want. You're you're seriously going to tell me you, Patrick, on air, tell me that you would seriously rather have the Red Sox starting rotation right now. Right now. Between like, I dare those, you. Okay. Okay. Hold on. So what you're saying is the five names I just listed versus the other five names I just listed? Yeah. I I, I honestly would flip a coin. You would flip a coin. Okay. Well, yeah. Let's see. Let's you got to pick one. Though. Let, you let's. One. You would. Let's say you flip a coin. Okay. Here we go. Would you ra- <laughs> now? Here. Here you go. Would you rather <laughs> have it? Would you rather have a team that is starting rotation is third best in ERA or twenty eighth best in ERA? Uh, okay. Would <laughs> you rather have a team Keep that's going. tied and earned runs allowed or twenty second? Would you rather have a team that has that is fifth best in WHIP or twenty fourth best in WHIP? Would you rather have a team that is fourth best in opposing batter at batting average against or 22nd? You tell me on that coin flip. I'm pretty sure the coin flip is like freaking Two-Face from Batman. It's heads, both sides, and it's the Yankees side. And they're doing it without Rodon. They're doing it without Severino. They're doing it with freaking Clark Schmidt's numbers added in that mix. And he stinks. <laughs> so you're telling me. Exactly. That's why I don't want him. You're going to take a coin flip. Yeah. With one bad dude instead of these yeah. freaking numbers, a six six nine ERA, thirty earned runs allowed, one point five four WHIP, and a two seventy batting average against. I rest my case. So you're right. You're totally right. I'm gonna. I mean, one hundred percent. I mean that. What is that? Two turns through the rotation. I mean, it's still early in terms of what these guys can do. I I go socks. But uh, Luke, I'll let you go next. Uh with. Though <clears throat> with that five, those five Red Sox pitchers and against those five Yankee pitchers, I'd prefer to have the Yankees uh, five guys. It's, you know, without Whitlock and without Bayo in there. Um, absolutely. You got a better chance of getting five decent innings pitched every time out uh, with the five guys that are in the Yankees rotation right now. Um, Chris Sale and Corey Kluber, huge injury risks. Uh, Cutter Crawford and Nick Pavetta are liable to get lit up any time out. Uh, so it's really, I mean, so far, Hauk has been the only consistent one through two turns through the rotation. Um, and he was the one I probably felt the least good about coming into the season. 
uh, just as far as going three times through an order uh, where there's more than a couple lefties in there. Uh, so I, I definitely think it's better off with the Yankees. I'm excited to see Whit- Whitlock's coming back on Tuesday. Bayo hopefully will come back in a couple weeks if he doesn't have any setbacks and his forearm's okay. So I'm excited to see that. And Tanner Houck's been really, really uh, encouraging uh, seeing the way he's done uh, so far this year. But, um, I mean, with those five names, I mean, there's just way too much of a chance of injury or just total meltdown and getting blown up with really all five of the guys in the Red Sox rotation right now, uh, the way they've been pitching so far this year. I hear you. I still think that um, I'm all for the Red Sox this year being the all potential team. I think just like two years ago versus last year, right? It can either go really well um, and you can make a deep playoff run or it can just fall apart. And I think, um, you know, it's, it's the same, same setup this year. Is there, John, is there a timetable on Carlos Rodon? Because I have heard nothing of him. I have heard nothing about, I've heard nothing about Carlos Rodon either. And I do know the report came out that Luis Severino started throwing off a mound today or within the past day or so. So it looks like he might be coming back soon. And I'm not really sure how we structure this uh, question. I guess I'm a bit confused by it. Just maybe that's lack of that sleep deprivation. Because like today, yeah, I think there are question marks about the Yankees rotations. Uh, rotation and we don't really know what the Red Sox it, rotation is. What's it going to be a week from now? We're, we can really be having a completely different discussion again next week. Like we just don't know anything with the Red Sox rotations full of question marks and the Yankees rotations full of injuries. So I do think at the moment, the Yankees do have a better rotation. I feel I'm pretty sure they've given up less runs, but I don't have the numbers in front of me. I think Barnes just read it off. Um, uh, that short-term memory shot today, guys. Um, <laughs> Then the Yankees also have a – they do have a number one pitcher in Garrett Cole. The Yankees have a number two, two, three pitcher in Nestor Cortez. They have two guys I would put in the five spot in Domingo Herman and Johnny Brito. And then Clark Schmidt's a long reliever, doesn't belong in the starting rotation. He's proven that. So I don't think Clark Schmidt's going to be in that spot for much longer. But these other guys, once you get Radon back, then you have a one, a two, a three – or Rodon or Severino is going to make a one, two, three, and Cole, Sevi, uh, Cortez, and then you got two back end guys. So, um, yeah, I'm still taking the Yankees rotation today, like no doubt, hands down, like my man Barnes just said. But um, yeah, sure, the Red Sox rotation has potential, but I just question the arm. When's that arm fatigue going to set in for some of these guys that haven't pitched in a while? I think the Red Sox upside of their rotation is a lot higher than the Yankees upside in their rotation. I mean, upside doesn't mean a damn thing. Um, but that's, I mean, if you're not figuring in Rodon, that's if Rodon doesn't, isn't going to pitch the rest of the season, I'd say the Red Sox upside rotations upside is a lot better, but I mean, it's gold on the ceiling. It's, it's how good can it be? If everything goes well, it doesn't really matter. Yeah. I mean, Luke, if, if, to your point, if, and Patrick's point, it's the Red Sox are this all-potential team. And then you go at the caveat is, well, if you don't factor in Rodon. Well, if you're going to factor in the good health for Bayo and Whitlock, you have to factor in the good health for Rodon. Also, during the Pendulum episode, because I'm highly restricted on time, and Luke, you saw the, you saw the spreadsheet I made for you. 
for everyone. My show notes, I was prepared, unlike uh, some people who like to freestyle a little bit more. Joey. Um, but anyway, I factored in. I baked in a ton of numbers. You know, I factored in the opening day starters. I factored in the best possible starters. And the best possible starters for both teams, I factored. I already factored in Whitlock and Bayo's numbers. You know, to to this Red Sox number, I baked in uh, their best possible like career ERAs. You know, actually, I, I'll use their 2022 numbers. Uh, their best possible team ERA as a starting pitching staff, uh, pitching staff would have been 4.3, and the Yankees guys was a 3.02. You know, uh, and then if you use their career numbers, it's not it's negligible difference. But the Red Sox are 3.49 career best average combined, and the Yankees were 3.39. Like, it, it, but if we're using their most recent work. You know, 2022 numbers, you know, the Yankees are are better. You know, we're seeing that now. You know, and I don't think that's a question. I definitely agree with you, Barnes, that like at full strength, I'm probably choosing the Yankees rotation. I mean, like that's you got a lot of guys like uh, like Rodon being out is is a big deal. Right. But to your point, you know, we're factoring in Whitlock coming back because he's coming back on Tuesday. We're factoring in Bayo coming back because he's making minor league outings. We're factoring Paxton coming back because he's making minor league outings. I mean, it is crickets from the Yankees when it comes to Rodon. And when you go by their past performance and stuff, well, like, yeah, Whitlock has a handful of starts and Bayo has, you know, what, 10, 12 major league starts. So it's all just going on potential, which is its own is its own, you know, problem there because, you know, they don't have a, a demonstrated um, history of success. So, which is, yeah, it's, you know, I say their upside is better. You know, it's, that's, that's a lot of that is just um, dependent on faith and hope and like, all right, I've seen them at their best and I think they could be really good, but yeah, it's not, it's all really theoretical. And I, yeah, I said assuming Rodon's hurt because it seems like everybody's the idea of Rodon's injuries. Most people seem to think it's a long-term injury where he might he he might be out for months. But yes, again, the Yankees don't say anything. But that's never been the case since they said since day one. Carlos Rodon said this is what he pitched through last season, and the Yankees were just basically shutting him down to be precautious, like it, it or to be cautious. Cautious? What? I don't. That's not a real word. I don't think the Yankees were being cautious to in order to shut Rodon down. They're like, they're playing for September and October. They're not playing for April and May. So I think Rodon could probably pitch through it and like, you won't see him for a couple of weeks and that's perfectly fine. I don't think they're just being safe with him. I, it doesn't mean he's not going to pitch for the season. When was that said? Like, that's what they were saying about Severino. I didn't see anybody say that about Rodon. Rodon. Yeah, when Rodon first went down, he said he pitched through it last season and this was just the Yankees being cautious. And then you haven't heard anything since but I don't think that's because he's seriously hurt. I think it's just because that's just the Yankees playing their cards close to their chest. They kind of tend to do that with starting pitching. Isn't it a left You don't hear elbow? anything about Severino until he's like close to coming back every single time. And he keeps saying he all season last year, he's like, I'm fine. I'm fine. I can pitch. They're just being cautious. And you didn't hear anything from their end. And so they're like, oh, he started throwing off the mound today. That's just how they operate with starting pitching. Carlos Rodon is scheduled to come back like early May, obviously, if there's no setbacks in this process. So, you know, you're looking the rest of the month, which, you know, 20 days 
from now, you're we're expecting to see Carlos Rodon and pinstripes on the mound for the Yankees. You know, okay. and, and in the meantime, also at that pendulum roundtable episode, Joey crucified me for using Johnny Brito's minor league numbers. Oh, the guy has 10 innings pitched with one earned run. I don't know, Joey. I know you're probably not even listening to this, but I'm calling you out, son. The guy is better than anyone on the Red Sox right now. No argument for me. Joey's a goober, but it's it's the left. Sox. It's wait. It's Rodon. It's a left forearm strain, right? So it's it's the same thing that Bayo has. That John was, you know, talking trash on the chat, saying, "Oh, he's gonna have Tommy John surgery," but you know, not Rodon. Rodon's gonna be just fine. He's he's just they're just being cautious with him. He's fine. You just got like exactly. a stuff. But I'd like to point out on the Red Sox side, you guys like you are never seeing elite elite Chris Sale again. You are never seeing elite Corey Kluber again. You are never seeing elite James Paxton again. If James Paxton even pitches, like this guy gets hurt all the time. To even think you're getting more than two or three starts out of that guy, like I don't know how anybody could think that. Like just based off his history. If you want to talk about Carlos Rodon's history, why don't you look at the history of some of these guys? Like they don't have as high of a ceiling as you think they do. Well, the ceiling is high. The ceiling is if if they all do what as good as they have done in their career. So that's why they call it a ceiling. It is high. It's really, really high. Will they meet the ceiling? Probably not. But it's when I say their ceiling is higher, that's why I think their ceiling is higher. And who's been banking on Paxton? Nobody's banking on Paxton. You know, people are like, oh yeah, that might he might get a couple starts, but nobody's saying, oh, we got James Paxton coming back. Look out! You just did. So one of you Not just Paxton. said like, he made minor league starts. Like, I I did say that he's making minor league starts. I did not say I'm expecting big things from him. <laughs> I got I got bit by that last year. Well, then I'm <laughs> twisting your words to say you. That's what you did say. <laughs> okay, that's okay. what I heard. Okay, thank you. That's what I thought. Yeah, elite Chris Sale is not coming back. Chris Sale's ceiling is as tall as the Empire State Building. Right now, he lives in a freaking mobile home. All right, his ceiling <laughs> is—he could touch the ceiling know, from his couch. Slider, it looks good. I yeah. love the jinxes. The Yankees, the Yankees fans, just jinx, 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 jinx. Listen, I—I I hope I jinx it <laughs> because Luke just jinxed freaking Duvall's injury, John's jinx and Donaldson's injury, which we'll cover a little <laughs> later. So, wow, the hell are you two? <laughs> on the ceiling all right guys let's move on um we want to do a little rookie watch i think this is something that we're gonna kind of come back to every once in a while probably not every week you know every couple weeks every month something like that check it on these guys because both teams have um a lot i i would say uh weighing on um some some new fresh faces, some rookies. So we want to check in on the Red Sox side with Tristan Cassis and Masataka Yoshida. Luke, you take one, I'll take the other. All right, I'll take Cassis. Uh, he's scuffled uh, for the beginning of this season, um, and he has looked a little lost at the plate, I think, uh, for the last week or so. Uh he hasn't had much solid contact, really. Uh, he's And lately, I've even noticed he's swung at a few bad pitches, which is normally his his game is, you know, taking walks, taking walks, not swinging at any bad pitches and waiting for his pitch. So, but I think that'll happen when you're starting, you know, you're a rookie, your big things are expected uh, from you and you start pressing and you get, you try to do too much. So, I think I think he is going to be a really good player. I just think he's 
hasn't had a good start to the season. Uh, he went two for four today, ripped a double in his first at bat. So hopefully that's a sign of things to come. And he hasn't, the fact that the Red Sox offense has been killing it and he has him and uh, Yoshida and Justin Turner really haven't gotten hot yet. Uh, I think is encouraging because that's the way that's what good offenses generally do. A couple guys um, pull the load for a while, like Devers, like Adam Duval, and then the other guys take up and they cool off and the other guys take up the slack. So I'm looking for Casas to be um, one of those guys to start pulling the load uh, any day now. And they're going to need someone else to pick it up now, especially with Duval hurt because uh, they are headed to Tampa right now. Yeah, for sure. And we're going to talk about Tampa um, a little bit later in the show. Um, so in terms of Yoshida, I think we're seeing already what we want to see in terms of getting on base and um, a good strike zone. Guy's got a 378 on base percentage. Um, I know that's a big change from last year. I think a big emphasis for this team is taking pitches, not swinging out of the zone, not being afraid to take walks. And I think Yoshida is um, leading the charge on that. You very rarely see him swing at bad stuff. Um, you know, I know we like to poo on batting average, but 233 through the first 10 games in your cleanup spot. Um, not crazy about it. One home run, not crazy about it. Um, but, you know, first 10 games coming over from Japan. Um, I'm not too worried. I think if the guy's getting on base and that's his number one skill, I think the rest of the stuff will will follow. I don't think anybody here is pooping on batting average. None of us for <laughs> yeah, sure. those people. Um, I do want to say point out that, yeah, Casas and Yoshida both have some adjusting to, especially right now, because I've never even heard of this before, but the Red Sox are in the midst of a stretch of, I think, nine out of 10 games are against left-handed starting pitching. So um, I imagine Casas and Yoshida are going to get their days off during that time, but uh, they can't get too many, especially with the Duval going down, because they need to get that pop from somewhere. So these guys are going to have to, you know, it's not it's not going to be a very platoon heavy situation for the next uh, week and a half or so. John, I'll throw it to you for uh, Anthony Volpe. Um, just want to note for the folks at home that he is on my fantasy team. I picked him up solely so that those guys couldn't have him. How's that working him, out for you? I just have him. I know, Luke. I just have him riding the bench so that the Yankees guys can't have him because I know that they want him. John, go ahead. Oh, okay. Just to point this out, and glad you knocked Volpe right off the bat because interestingly enough, Tristan Cassis went two for four today. And was able to raise his batting average to 185. So I didn't hear either of you mention that. So I thought I'd just bring that up for a minute. Look, I like Anthony Volpe. Uh, he's come he's come out the gate looks like a really good player. He's clearly a major leaguer. I don't know. We keep talking about ceilings in this episode. I don't know what his ceiling is, but he looks pretty good so far. He's gonna struggle. He's gonna be a rookie, and the Yankees are showing patience with him. Had his first extra base hit yesterday and just really ran out of triple. Um, teammates seem to love him, and he just looks like he belongs. He really, like, I know Barnes has said this last year when he was going to see him in Somerset, but he looks like a major leaguer, and that's the one thing you could absolutely say so far is that Anthony Volpe looks like a major leaguer. So I'm really, really excited for how the season's going to play out and to see what this kid brings and ha how he develops 
throughout the season. And Barnes, I know you're going to be talking about Brito, but I still want to hear what you have to say really quick about Volpe. Anthony Volpe is pretty freaking good at baseball. It, that's period in a story. I mean, he guts out that that triple, uh, who and that triple really jump started that innings rally to win the game because Aaron Judge did nothing in that game, which the Yankees also won. He actually won Ofer in that game. Oh, uh, a guy who won the AL MVP, but also MVP, MVP. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. You could you can rag on it all you want. He won it, and you know, but in that game, he went Ofer. He freaking jump-started that rally. You know, as Luke said, there are going to be guys who carry the load. Judge. Oh, and then there's going to be games where that guy struggles, and then other guys got to pick him up. Anthony Volpe starts it with a triple. DJ bats him in. It was was just a great little rally to get everything going. Um, So Anthony Volpe has been great. Uh, Johnny Brito. Freaking... Awesome. In his debut game, he goes out, throws five innings. He had a lot of swing and miss stuff off his changeup. He looked phenomenal, cool, collect, composed. Uh, if you want to hear more about uh, my thoughts on Johnny Brito in that game, uh, listen to the last Yankees episode where it was me and John. Uh, and then just the other day, he goes out, throws five innings. He did not have the same swing and miss stuff. Uh, only allows one run, uh, one earned run against the Orioles, who are Pat's uh, love child. He He loves them. Uh, yeah, I, I think he actually loves them more than the Red Sox. Um, and he he made Adley Rushman look like a fool. He had him swinging out of the zone on a couple of those pitches. Uh, but he didn't have his best stuff battles through five innings, you know, and I think that's one of the biggest parts for Johnny Brito, where if you have a guy like Clark Schmidt, who's a freaking bum and can't get through three innings, more than three innings, uh, you really need a, a guy to step up and he looks Johnny Brito just looks this looks the part right now. He did not make Adley look stupid. Okay. The first pitch this far off the plate, ump calls it a strike. And now Adley's worried about everything in the other batter's box being a strike. So he's got to swing at everything to protect the zone. That's on the ump. I got a really good point. I think the Orioles are your Gumar, and that's okay because your Gumar usually breaks your balls less than your wife. So not like I know from experience, just for the record, Lauren, I know you listen, but watching a lot of Sopranos episodes, Gumar breaks the balls less than the wife. So I understand why Pat loves the Orioles more than he loves the Red Sox. For pass- those who don't watch the Sopranos, Gumar is uh, a mistress. Uh, yeah, passing the buck over there, like oh, it's on the ump. Also, these Red Sox guys have low integrity. Joey has Judge. Pat picks a Volpe just to hold him from us. <laughs> I don't really care. I'm here to win, and I'm making it work. Oh, you're here to win, so you don't want Anthony Volpe? I got it. <laughs> I'm here to win, and I'm oh, I'm winning right now. My, I'm, my, just, my, I'm winning my matchup. I'm just waiting for that trade uh, request look- from Cassim. Okay, you could you great. I don't care. The uh, I, I'm winning. I gotta say, I don't I don't know if this was yesterday or the day before, maybe, but that Yankee lineup, six to nine, that had Cabrera followed by Hicks followed by Higashioka followed by Volpe, was like that's like the territory of Dahlbeck followed by Jackie Bradley followed by Kevin Pluecki followed by Yu Chang. Right there, like that's some like that's some dirt uh, bottom half of the lineup right there. They are relying on Franchi Cordero to do a lot right now. 
Speaking of Are you two kidding me, former seven through nine what, batters in the Red Sox. What was your lineup? The last four hitters in your lineup were all batting under 200 today. Who was it? Who I can't pull it off right now. But it was like your team leader, Kike Hernandez, is batting like under 200, right? Yeah, through so nine like games. Connor Wong or Colton Wong, whatever the guy's name is, the that wonderful piece you got from Mookie Betts, under 200. Cass Big double today. Four, still under 200. Big double today. Yes. Early in the season, you're going to have lineups that guys are hitting under 200, but some of these guys are going to bounce back. I don't expect your whole lineup to be hitting under 200 all season. Maybe Kike. You know, I don't think he can lead himself to some hits. <laughs> all right, Luke, can, Luke, Luke can Look trash ahead. that lineup all, the, all he wants. The Yankees won that game. Wins are what matters. I don't care if those dudes, when we punt the lineup, don't do anything. And we still won. We punted the lineup and we won. All right, let's move on. We're going to wrap. We're moving fast, y'all. We're going to wrap with one of our favorite games on this show, fair or foul. You know, it's a yes or no. It's a right or wrong. It's self-explanatory. We just gave it a kitschy baseball name. Okay, I'm going to throw some topics at these guys, and they're going to tell me if – each statement is fair or foul. Okay, we've got four of them that we're going to go through. First one, Yankees related. The other day on the Yankees show, John says, Josh Donaldson has an injury history. Well, not with the Yankees, unfortunately. And that day, that very day, goes down and hits the IL. So fair or foul, John cursed Josh Donaldson. John, I'll let you go first. I take all the credit for that. I think um, Aaron Hicks has a history of getting popped for steroids, just not with the Yankees. So that's the next one I want to put out there. I That was awesome, guys. Like, I did it. Just pat on the back. That was fantastic job by me. I'm a real team player for the Yankees. I'm an important part of this team. Barnes, fair foul. It's fair. You heard it on air. Luke? Yeah, it's fair. It can't be a coincidence because he has he was he was playing every day. You know, we, we, if he was missing games, it wasn't due to injury. But it's John. I don't think John necessarily did them a favor because what wasn't he supposed to be doing a lot better now that he he got his revamped swing and he's he's got this new approach now. And I that's what I was hearing from Yankee fans. Don't sleep on Donaldson. You, you he, were he hearing that for a little Castle. something in his yeah, swing. You talked to Cassim about that. I don't we we've made it very clear we don't agree on that one. He, he, Cassim has to answer for it. Be a guest on our show this week. You could call in, ask Cassim that question. Luke, you're gonna have to take it up on uh take them up on that one, I think. Join the Yankee show this week. All right, Red Sox won. Uh last week. Uh, in Fenway Park, Masataka Yoshida hits his first career home run. And the family that has the ball will not give it back to him. Okay. They've uh, apparently received many generous offers, and yet they still have a ball that he says he would like to have. So, Luke, Yoshida doesn't get his home run ball, fair or foul. Uh, oh, completely foul. I'd put that whole family in jail if it was up to me. The kids, too. Like, put on the please face and the puppy dog guys and convince your parents to stop being pieces of garbage and give the guy his first career home run ball. If it's about money, that they want to sell it on the on the black market, 
well, eBay, it wouldn't be the black market, but if they want to want to sell it for profit, it's inexcusable greed. So I hate them. If it's just because they, they want a, a really special collectible. Oh, it's Yoshida Yoshida's first uh, major league home run in the States. You know, it, that's even worse. There's no way in hell that if, that if the point isn't to make money off of it at some point, then it's, it's not, there's no way in hell that, ball could be anywhere near as valuable uh to these people uh as it ever as it would be to masataki yoshida so it's inexcusable it's disgraceful i hope we luckily we got those people on camera and they showed them uh on camera a lot so red sox fans if you see these people on the street spit at them not the kids necessarily but you know, weep for the kids because they're bound for horrible, miserable lives because they're not being raised up right. And what's even worse, none of these, neither of the unathletic, you know, waste of space adults even procured the home run themselves. Some Pirates fan caught the ball and handed it to one of these kids. And then the parents just wouldn't hand the, the ball over to the uh, uh, to the Red Sox. They offered, I don't know what they offered. I'm sure they offered a whole bunch of cool Red Sox swag, uh, autographed or not. Yoshida probably would have offered them a pair of signed cleats, a bat, whatever. Just give the ball up. But, you know, go to hell. You have to imagine that. I mean, these, uh, you know, I don't want to poo on the kids, but the kids are little and you have to imagine that you know, they were offered some nice, some tickets, some on-field stuff, meet who you want to meet, take pictures with who you want to take pictures with, get some autograph stuff. You got to think, you know, you want to give your kids um, some memorable experiences like th- that. That's what it is. So I'm I'm going fully foul on this one. John, I'm sure you have um, some snippy remark. Yeah, I mean, it's just typical of the fan base. So uh, <laughs> it's foul, but I'm not surprised. I did not know the extent of all this. I kind of knew it happened, but hearing Luke explain it, wow, those people are really pieces of garbage. But like I said, par for the course when it comes to Red Sox fans. They probably had the lawyer on their their lawyer on the phone. Like, all right, they're offering us, you know, a, a baseball signed by the whole team, a bat signed by the whole team, uh, some cleats, a, a VIP tour, and the lawyer's probably saying, you know, Yoshida might hit 500 home runs in the major leagues. You should keep that for the next 40 years because it might make you, you know, fifty thousand dollars or something. Barnes, I'll let you wrap it up. Fair or foul. Yeah, these this this family's bogarting it. They're just holding on to that. They're, they're all, oh, you want you want me to give it up and you'll let me meet who I want to meet. I want to meet them ten times. No, 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 no. But you can meet them one time. No, I want to meet them ten times. They're just bogarting it. They're just bogarting up the price. Like I wanted the better experience. So who cares? It's foul. I don't really care if it's fair. I, I also the other thing was, it's his first home run. In the majors, it's not his first home run ever. He's what's he gonna do? Put it in a glass case and just never look at it. It's gonna collect dust in Yoshida's house anyway. So, I, I, I mean, I don't really care. It's like borderline. It's like just over line foul. I'm not super passionate about it. It reminds me of this. Just popped into my head. There was, um, I think it was after one of the Patriots uh, Super Bowls. Um, you know, they've had, they've won so many recently. I mean, who can possibly keep track, but their one of their equipment trucks, uh, was driving somewhere, um, in the, you know, in one of the suburbs of Boston and one of the, literally, it sounds like something from a gangster movie, but something literally fell off a truck. I think a poster or something. And these, 
mass holes found it and they 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 took it and they they hit it and um the and they reached out to the patriots and they said hey we found this this poster what are, i wish i could remember what it was that fell off the truck but we have this what's it worth to you and they were trying to hammer out a deal with them try hey get season tickets or whatever and the patriots just said no we're not giving you anything give that to us it's ours they finally called the cops and the cops showed up to their house like give it over and they had to give it over but they interviewed these idiots afterwards the guy in the worst like boston accents ever like yeah we were trying to get yeah we found this we feel like all right this is a good opportunity you know like let's uh let's see if we can get season tickets out of this some playoff tickets or something for next year you know you know just figured i was take you know why not take our shot like you know people are so entitled the last thing i'm going to believe is that it literally fell off the back of a truck um all right two more uh, we're going to stay in the AL East tomorrow. The Red Sox go to play the nine and O Tampa Bay Rays. Okay. They are nine and O through the first week and a half of this season. So the Rays undefeated. Is this fair or is this foul Barnes? Listen, man, it's foul. You're beating up on these cruddy teams, the Tigers, the A's, the Nationals, I wouldn't be surprised. How many games are they playing with the Red Sox? Three or four? Who knows? They might be 12-0 and in however much time because the Red Sox also stink because they got swept by the Pirates, and you only swept the Tigers. So, like, who cares? Like, I think this race team is good. Don't hear what I'm not saying. I don't think that they're like, oh, my God. They're like, Der- Derek, I know he doesn't listen to the podcast, but I'm calling him out right now. He's like making it out to like, oh, the Rays are so good. The Rays, ah, Ra- you're a Rays fan. You're a Diamondbacks fan. You're Red Sox, your f- third favorite team. This is foul. The Rays are good, but they're not great. They're they're not this good. They're playing credit teams. John Fair foul. Um, it's definitely foul. Uh, the Rays are a good team. They'll probably be in the playoffs, and they might even take the division. I mean, there's no guarantees the Yankees come in first place. It could be the Rays, but, you know, uh, they played a lot of bad teams, so I know this is kind of a tremendous start, but, again, like, it's it's a bunch of bad teams, so they're a good team, They're, but I don't think they're going to keep up at any kind of historic pace throughout the rest of the season. Uh, I think I'm going to go fair, actually. I mean, nobody thinks that they're going to go 162-0, and right? And, yes, they've beaten up on some bad teams. But the Rays, man, I mean, like, they are just always good. Always good. And so I think that this is just indicative of, I mean, they've already got everything clicking through the first nine games of the season. Luke, fair or foul? It's fair. It, you are what your record says you are, you know, like Bill Belichick always says. Uh, and it's it's fair because, you know, they got a really good starting rotation and they always have a really good bullpen and their offense actually looks like it matches their pitching staff, at least to start the season. Franco has started the year on fire. A Rosarena started the year on fire. A Rosarena was on fire in the WBC before the season even started. And, you know, Luke Rayleigh, who, but he's got three home runs this year. He's a utility player. He's not even in the starting lineup. Usually he's got three home runs and 15 at bats. It's baseball. It ebbs and flows. Razor, the kind of team that goes on a tear for two weeks and then cools off for a week and a half. But it's, I mean, they look really scary. 
Um, and what an absolutely awful time for uh, Adam Duvall to get hurt right before they go into the Red Sox stroll into Tampa Bay, their house of horrors, the same place where, where uh, two guys got their hands broken uh, in one game last season. The Rays are the Derek Jeter of uh, modern baseball, you know, the luckiest franchise ever. The luck, just everything always seems to work out for them. Uh, I'm so sick of it. I mean, not everything, you know, they don't, they don't win the world series during the regular season. The Tampa Bay Rays are Derek Jeter. Just, they, they never have any bad luck. Everything always works out for them. Screw them. I, uh, Barnes asked how many games it was. I thought it was three. It's actually a four game series. So real quick, Luke, uh, give me your prediction. Four games. Call it now. <laughs> I, anything but a raised sweep would make me thrilled. Uh, I'll call it, I'll, I'll call it two and two though. I'll say, I'll say two and two. Um, let's, let's, let's be optimistic right now. I'll take it. All right. Last one. Uh, this is one that, um, I snuck into tonight's agenda because I've gotten a big kick out of it recently. So we all know Fernando Tatis. He was a big topic on the the weekday show last season, getting suspended uh, for, you know, whatever it was that he got suspended for and whatever, whatever illegal substance it was. And uh, because of that, he's coming back soon. He has the opportunity to play in rehab games in AAA for the El Paso Chihuahuas. Last week, he pimps a home run off of uh, Giants minor leaguer Cade McClure. McClure is, shares. <laughs> is on, it really like... the El Paso Chihuahuas? Yes. <laughs> it's a Taco he, Bell sponsored team. He uh, pimps a home run off of Giants minor leaguer Cade McClure, who then shares the video and tweets out, Cheater hits a home run on a rehab assignment during a steroid suspension. So, and has since deleted the tweet. Um, <laughs> so the question, Fernando Tatis gets to play in AAA games as a quote-unquote rehab assignment during his suspension. Fair or foul? John, I'll go to you first. Baseball has no integrity. It's foul. He shouldn't be allowed to play until the suspension's off, and it's... God, yeah, I, if there's anyone that has less integrity than you Red Sox fans, it's just Major League Baseball in general. Barnes, fair or foul? Uh, I'll, I'll take this side. I'll go fair because who who the hell cares? He's playing for the Chihuahuas. What the hell? Like who? And, and Cade McClure, dude, suck it up, bro. Suck it up. Just take the L. You you threw a meatball, and then this guy hit. Who's to say the chump right after him wasn't going to hit that meatball out of there too? I like it. I'd say Luke fair or foul. Yeah, what's foul is the pitcher who served up the home run, saying, "Oh, this guy took steroids." Like it's Fernando Tatis. Like you could take all the steroids out of the system and probably chop off his left hand. He's still gonna. Uh, sock dingers off of you, you know, anytime he faces you. So it, it's fair. He's not helping the Padres right now. And that's what the suspension is for. It, it, he's being suspended for so many games. It's not like he should have to, you know, cease all baseball activities and not be prepared when he does come back because it's, he's the one who s- screwed up, not the team. So no need to, I mean, I, I, I don't think, I don't find anything wrong with him being ready 
to go once the suspension is lifted so we can help his team because it's just him that made the mistake. And in other minor league, horrible minor league name news, anybody, I just wanted to get this in before we finish. See that the trash city pandas threw a no hitter and still lost a game, not one, nothing, not two, nothing, but seven to five. They gave up seven runs without surrendering a hit. It's the most pathetic. It, it's the most minor league baseball thing ever. It's like straight out of Boulder. I think it was like five hit batsmen or something. It's unbelievable. Um, I'm for the Tatis. I'm gonna go foul. Um, it didn't bother me too much when he was playing in spring training because like all of those numbers get wiped away. But I do kind of feel bad for the guys who have to face him in AAA. Like, I mean, they got bigger things to worry about than Tatis. Um, They're outmatched. Obviously, that's not cool. I think that that's pretty unfortunate. I do. I agree that I think it's bizarre to, like, go around and be upset about it. I mean, like, it is what it is. Um, But I do. uh, I do feel bad for those guys. I feel like he shouldn't be able to rehab until the suspension is up. Give him a week. Or whatever. let him play in spring training and then give him a week, you know, in AAA once the suspension is up. But right now he's still serving time. And so I don't know. It feels weird to me to to play games that actually matter for somebody. How does it matter for those minor leaders? Then they all just get raises. <laughs> OK, OK. Yeah, you know, just that's all, yeah. Cade, a, a, you're making a big, you're making way more money than you did last big, year. Why are you a big fat twenty two thousand dollars a year now? Whoop, whoop. <laughs> he's living it up. Yeah, exactly. Um, all right, guys, we were much Olive Garden that'll get you $22,000 meat sauce all day. Um, This this Caden McCooler guy, he's worried about giving up a home run, dude. Hold on, let's check this out real quick. His uh, career, his career, uh, minor league ERA, uh, is 407. He's a 16 and 18. What the, this guy's a schlub, like he's never <laughs> given up one run, home run to Tatis, but calling him a steroid user. Also, steroids don't help you hit the home run. I don't know if anyone knows how steroids actually work, but they don't help you hit the home run. <laughs> they do. Everybody he's given up a home run to, though, has they've all been on steroids. I must be all on steroids then because I'm I'm launching him out of that park. You heard it here first. Barnes is on steroids. All right. Uh, anything? Look at anything that self portrait. Look at that self portrait behind yeah, him. Obviously, good. he's on steroids. Yeah, look at that. <laughs> who is that? I, I always see it in the comments. I don't know who that is. That is Barnes. Austin Wells. Oh, my spirit it? animal. Okay. Okay. Cool. He's on the list. He's on the list of Yankee prospects, by the way. We'll see. Uh, you know, those guys that they're going to trade for half a season of Nelson Cruz. Okay, so let's wrap it up. I got one more thing to plug. Once again, uh, the day you're listening to this, later on in the day, my review for Air comes out. Um, it's a cool movie. Working on a cool piece on it, so I hope folks like it. Anything else you want to plug or mention before we wrap it up? Yes, I have a question for Luke. Luke, oh, no. who do you like? Yeah, good, Pat. You're on to it. <laughs> Luke, who do you like more, 2018 Andrew Benintendi or 23, 2023 Adam Duval? Oh, d- definitely 2018 Andrew yeah, Benintendi. So he played easy. the whole season. <laughs> it's so easy. He made it. He he made a the catch of the year. Yeah, in, in Houston. Yes, against Ooh. Houston, that led the Red Sox 
helped the Red Sox beat the Houston Astros in the playoffs. Like the Yankees have, that guy like the Yankees did all like back in never before. You turned on that guy quick. If you loved him that much, you turned on him quick. I don't know. I just couldn't decide which crush meant more to you. So we John, know. it's not unconditional love. If you start to suck, I'm not gonna love you anymore. He's he's on my baseball team. He doesn't live in my house. <laughs> you brought up a good point earlier about the Rays being the Derek Jeter of the regular season. I do feel the Red Sox have been the Derek Jeter of the postseason for the past 20 years. Like every time you could anything could break your way, it breaks your way. Like it's just the luckiest franchise I've seen in the past 20 years. What do you think he's used to have? And now you got that luck. You guys are the Derek Jeter of the postseason. Uh, yeah, like like Matt Barnes having a mental breakdown before the playoffs in 2018, and then Josh Taylor's back seizing up on him two days before the playoffs. Please. Oh, now the Red Sox aren't a good postseason team. Oh. They're not lucky. Okay, we're going to wrap oh, it up. We're going to wrap it up. We are back on track with our podcast schedule, y'all. This is the rivalry show, the Sunday night, Monday morning show. Myself, Luke, John, and Barnes. Half Red Sox show, half Yankee show. Later on in the week, on Wednesday mornings, you're listening to Yankees-only episodes. I'm so sorry. On Friday mornings, you are listening to Red Sox-only episodes. Uh, we got different folks, uh, you know, kind of cycling in and out on those shows. Um, so good stuff. We're back on track now, back uh, at the start of this regular season. So this is where you want to be. Bleacher Brawls, okay? BleacherBrawls.com for all of our columns, articles, reviews, lists, everything that we write. Our YouTube channel's popping off lately. Obviously, this podcast, you're going to rate it five stars and leave it a nice review. All the things. Twitter, at Bleacher Brawl, right? You know where to find us. Go ahead and find us. Um, you can find all of our individual Twitters in the description of this pod. Reach out to us. Talk some trash. Um, let's do some bleacher brawling, all right? So uh, we're going to sign off. So I already said it. My, myself, I'm Pat, Luke, John, and Barnes. Thank you guys for listening, and uh, we'll see you next time. Hashtag prayers for Adam. <laughs>